Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from and I'm Adam. A to Z. I'm Adam, your disco superstar co-host. Adam, I do post-production. <laughs> we could have just put this in as a drop, <laughs> and you have now ruined this pristine audio that our our listeners have come to uh, come to expect from us. I'm Zach. Uh, I'm Adam. Hi, Adam. I'm I'm we recording. Already, no, no, you already did. You 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 screwed up our whole intro. But with I'm your disco funkadelics. But, but I'm recording live from Studio 54, Zach. It's very confusing here. What? Don't do that, please. <laughs> like, come on, bud. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Uh, hi, we're talking about Dazzler this week. Uh, this is the first of our double Dazzlers. Yes. We're doing two All Dazzler specials, and this is number one. This is our first All Dazzler special, uh, and the first half of this All Dazzler special is brought to us by uh, Patreon supporter Joshua Wheel. If you want to be like him, you can go on over to patreon.com slash comicsxf, toss a couple of uh, of coins our way, uh, and maybe we'll, we'll sing you a funky song. Who knows? <laughs> You better knock on wood, Zach, because um, we are talking about Dazzler, and Dazzler is a very, very strange, strange character, especially how she was created. I mean, this was a character that John Romita Jr. designed to look like Grace Jones, and then due to a film company wanting to produce a Dazzler movie was made to look like Bo Derrick. Yeah, so Dazzler was created in collaboration with Casablanca Records, who are the record label uh, that Kiss uh, was probably their biggest act. So they were very good at merchandising. Yes, huge, huge disco music label. music as a too. product. Very big huge disco, disco label. label. Um, but it is bizarre that, and it's important to point out that Casablanca Records did not demand that uh, that she looked like Bo Derek because all of Casablanca's best disco artists were all black singers. They were amazing. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't coming from them, but there was this other film company that, uh, what was it called? Film writ or something like I don't, that. I don't know the specifics of the company, but the, the pitch for Dazzler originally was this big multimedia sensation right. starting in comics and movies and she'd have albums and none of that happened. Nope. But she was in the Dark Phoenix saga, so eventually they were like, "Oh, geez, she's a mutant, and we're really trying to push her. So let's just let's just make Dazzler happen." And she had a forty-two issue solo run, including an original graphic novel. So there's a there's a weird chunk of '80s Dazzler comics that sure I've not is. read all of. No, but I have not are. either. And as we were talking before we went on the air, it, it's I, I I was completely confused by the chronology 
of of dazzler from one to the graphic novel to 42 to where she pops up next before she ends up in the aussie x-men it's it's hey here's a question for you adam yeah dazzler's supposed to be a disco star right sure disc disco well wasn't her original name supposed to be like disco something the disco dazzler yes the disco, the disco dazzler. dazzler and then they got they got rid so, of the disco so here's what i'm trying to understand yeah Disco probably hit its peak in 1977 with Saturday Night Fever. Like, that's probably the zenith of its pop culture. Uh, yeah. From from you there know, on, heights. you're on you're on a down. Well, I mean, disco continues pretty solidly into the 80s, but you also get the death to disco rallies, uh, you know, which it just there was a huge backlash. Yeah. Um. Hey, Dazzler comes out as a disco star right at the peak of people saying disco sucks. <laughs> it's always been so strange to me. And she, we're, you know, she wears the uh, the disco ball necklace. She has the disco ball uh, shoes and the disco ball purse. We'll talk about the purse. She has the skates. Right. It's roller skates at some point. And you're right. She's like, she's definitely not in line with the the times <laughs> to say the least um dazzler's wild if you would this is a question that i've had for a while adam if you were to pick one current artist that you would say uh best reflects dazzler who would you pick like of to 2020 yeah, 2020. It's 2020 and you're doing Dazzler. Who do you who do you pick as Dazzler, your musical artist? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I had to look this up because you mentioned the um, Dark Phoenix cameo and they actually got uh, the musical artist Banks to write that little 45 second tune, which they've never released entirely, um, which is really strange. But then if you go and listen to the rest of Banks discography, it, it doesn't strike me as a very like Banksy and uh, Banksy, excuse me, disco type thing. Like I, I would imagine Dazzler has like, you know, um, synths underneath her, you know, those like, you know, hi hats and maybe a horn section. I don't know what that is in 2021. So I think the, easy answer mm. and probably the most correct answer is Carly Rae Jepsen. I would uh, love that. that. I feel like Carly Rae Jepsen Dazzler would make sense, but I also have a soft spot for a different, like evolved take on Dazzler, mm. which would be getting uh, Eve Hendricks from Charlie Bliss, who's Ooh. a great band and you should check them out if you haven't uh, heard them. Yeah. I feel like she would make a very good, she's got like the Dazzler vibes in the energy and has enough of a like, rawness that works for x-men yeah i mean if we're talking about like classic classic disco i think what's really bonkers is that like you'd probably imagine that dazzler sounds like knock on wood you know or or you know Oh, that's a pun. I didn't get that. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Well, you know, like she probably. Some of us are youngs, Adam. Like Dazzler probably should sound like Donna Summer. You know, like yeah, I feel Yeah, she really love. should. But like the the closest white 
disco superstar that you can kind of approximate to her legacy is probably like Alicia Bridges and I love the nightlife. Like I, I, there's not a lot of like white female disco that is reaches the heights. Um, so I, I love the idea of a Carly Rae Jepsen uh, dazzler in 2021. Cause I just love Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm not actually a huge CRJ person, uh, but that's mostly because I just don't listen to pop all that much. And that's fine. People like what you like. I would also uh, love a, a uh, Robin uh, Dazzler, like, you know, like synth heavy Robin. That'd be great. There were a lot of people trying to get Taylor Swift to be Dazzler for a hot minute, and I don't see that. Never understood that. Never got that one it, bit. They They don't have the same vibes. I guess maybe like... What's that? What came out when I was a senior in college? Wait, which one was that? Oh my god, I'm gonna feel uh, a little old now. <laughs> maybe it was red. Red. There was that pop era. Yeah, like maybe that would be. Uh, yeah, because that has trouble. Okay. That's in 22. That's probably the closest that uh, Taylor Swift would get to it. But I, I even then, I think that's a stretch. Yeah. Well, I, you'll notice, folks, that we're talking a lot about dazzler and not necessarily about dazzler stories because the the character of dazzler and her various misadventures are are sometimes not as quite as exciting as like what you want dazzler to be so what's the first story we're going to talk about here zach yeah the first story we're going to talk about this was our request from joshua uh and it is dazzler number 38 it's called challenge but it's dazzler versus the x-men yes dazzler versus the x-men um dazzler i guess is being auditioned for the x-men and everybody's down with it except wolverine not happy wolverine notoriously not trusting of other people we find we find out as the story, if we're telling the story chronologically, not the way the story presents itself, because this is a reveal, uh, we find out that uh, Dazzler tried out for the X-Men, uh, which is weird because they didn't really have tryouts, but that's not the point, <laughs> Archie Goodwin, who wrote this, and Paul Chadwick, who drew it. Uh, she tries out for the X-Men, and Wolverine says, yeah, I don't trust her. Here's what I'm going to do, kid. I'm going to attack you at some point, and you're not going to know when, and you're going to have to stop me. Well, the thing is, you know, and before we talk more about the story, I do want to say that it is wild that this book brings on uh, Paul Chadwick and Jackson Geis as the art team right before this book gets canceled in like the next four issues. (laughs) Like, that's pretty crazy. Um, But Dazzler's like, quote unquote, audition for the X-Men, it goes pretty well. Until Wolverine is like, she wins. I'm going to walk into the danger room and, and slice at her costume or whatever. Yeah, it's a, it's weird. It's kind of a nonsense story. It's only there to get that cover of, hey, it's 1985. So if we can work the X-Men in there, that's going to be a good sales boost. And Archie Goodwin knew that. He's jumping on this book. Uh, he's doing a couple of things. Dazzler gets a more 80s relevant logo. Mm-hmm. She gets a redesign uh, that... Uh, it's it's her Australian era uh, outfit uh, with the bandana and the unitard, and it looks a lot better. It looks great. It's a nice change from, and we'll talk about. I mentioned the purse earlier, but you know, it is a nice change from the original outfit. She loses the eye makeup, and it's a it's a much cleaner look that Sylvester does a great job with. Yeah, later down the line, mm-hmm. 
But the story itself is weird. There's a extended prologue to this story that pays off in later issues of Dazzler about this bounty hunter named OZ Chase and his dog Cerebus. <laughs> yes. Or Cerberus, excuse me. I always get Cerebus and Cerberus confused. One of them's an aardvark created by a misogynist, and one of them guards the gates of hell. Yeah, it's important to uh, be clear about which one we're talking it's about. It's good to be precise about those specific <laughs> it things. It really is. Um, uh, but that's like eight pages of this comic in a has nothing to do with the rest no i i kept waiting for uh the the bounty hunter to show up again and uh he doesn't um dazzler is you know before colossus and wolverine show up to try and beat her up i guess and destroy her hotel room which uh, i hope they're paying for all the property that they destroy in this issue um dazzler is being harassed uh by yet more men that'll be a, a regular occurring theme throughout this episode um though in her defense here she uh you know sticks up for herself she she beats her attacker and uh does a pretty good job of, of fending off colossus and uh, wolverine as well yeah and it's it's a little unfortunate that you know this story starts with like, hey, maybe Dazzler should join the X-Men, you know, and then doesn't. Yeah. And then she'll eventually join him in like a year. So. <laughs> right. Right. Great idea, but uh, not actually going to happen. It, it's it, You're right. It's very disappointing. Um, I it's guess a nice Wolverine, costume, though. Well, and we, we forgot to mention who, who plays Deus Ex Machina here. Uh, Cyclops shows up to end this fight for some reason. Yeah, Cyclops is just there. And they're like, hey, Scott, aren't you supposed to be hanging out with your wife and kids? And he's like, shut up. Shut up. Don't don't shut up. Yeah, I, I'm just visiting and I'd like to get back to my home and my family. But I had to come break up this fight for story reasons. Yeah, y'all y'all were trying to fight Dazzler. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so that's pretty much all that happens in this story. I, I think that mm-hmm. uh, Paul Chadwick and Jackson Geist do a nice job with the artwork. Um, there's not much to it. Yeah, but it's it's a slight comic. There's not a lot here. Mm-mm. We wouldn't be talking about this if Dazzler wasn't a key part of Claremont's X-Men later down the line. Uh so we should probably just go ahead and rank this ding dang thing, shouldn't we? Yeah, let's put it on our giant list of four hundred and how many stories? Uh, we're on the road to five hundred oh stories, don't you know it? And we have four hundred and sixty-two stories on our very long list, uh, consisting of all the X Men stories ranked from best to worst, starting with number one, Hoxpox, uh, number one hundred, the Bendis Uncanny arc where they go to limbo, number two hundred is Uncanny X-Men 194, Juggernaut's Back in Town, where we find out Juggernaut's a very big Dazzler fan. (laughs) Uh, Number 300 is Storm, Volume 3, Number 3, Life Death 3. Uh, Number 400 on this list is Marvel Fanfare 33, the Quest Probe story, and the bottom (laughs) story is the Draco. We don't need to talk about that. Uh, This isn't as good as the time the Juggernaut revealed that he was a big Dazzler fan. No, no way. This is... This is very uh, light on actual content. I'm looking down at 363, which is Uncanny X-Men Annual number eight. And uh, while I like the art in this particular issue better, it's about as like content heavy as that. Like it, there's not a lot you here. Picked, 
you picked a good spot because I don't like that story, that annual. Uh, I don't like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're in a we're in a good spot for it. A few spots up is X Factor Judgment War, mm. which I don't particularly care for. Uh, the Paris arc of all new X Men is at three sixty one, right above that. Uh, I would call this better than that annual, but I don't know how much better. I mean, is it this is the time that the New Mutants went to Asgard and stayed there forever? Mm. Is not better than this. No, because this is one issue. I actually think this issue might be a couple steps up. Um, I. How do you feel about it against something like Cyclops Retribution, the Marvel Comics present story? About on par. Yeah. Maybe I like it better. I, I It's probably not better than Curse of the Mutants at 354. No, I don't think it Curse is. Curse of the Mutants is dumb. All right. But I I'm going to give Judgment War some credit. I don't think this is better than Judgment War, and I think that the Cyclops story is probably better as well, but Life and Times of Lucas Bishop is holding on at 358, and I don't know if that's as good as this. Um, no, this is better than Life and Times of Lucas Bishop because this one doesn't have shockingly bad Larry Stroman. Oh, gosh. It's a disappointment, isn't it? It uh, is. Hey, you have you seen Larry Stroman do recent stuff? His like, Instagram his is art? It's fantastic. Great. Check out his Instagram. He's doing really cool I'm, stuff. I'm 100% convinced that, like, mid-2000s Larry Stroman coming back to Marvel and looking like trash was 100% a result of coloring in maybe not 100%, but a lot less the result of his line work. Like, I I think maybe he's trying to do things that in that that don't really work and the, the colors just absolutely bog it down. We're big Stroman fans here. I love, 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 love work. Uh, love his work. Still waiting for more issues of Tribe. Um, I know that will never happen. But so this it's is a gonna quest. Be... It's a quest for tribe. <laughs> this will be our new uh, 358. It will be. Uh, but we're going to keep this Dazzle train going because do you know where we're going to go, Adam? Let's all go to the movies. The movies. <laughs> I'm glad. Glad we both wanted to do that. We're doing uh, Marvel graphic novel number 12, Dazzler the movie, written by the kid, Jim Shooter. Pencils by Frank Springer. Uh, Vinny Coletta does the inks here. Hey, you know, uh, beautiful Bill Sienkiewicz cover, and there's a nice Academy Award Oscar on the left side. I don't think this uh, graphic novel is going to win an Oscar. What do you think? <laughs> no, let's talk about it. This book is bad, and it's bad for a lot of reasons. I want to start with the good, though. One, that Bill Sienkiewicz cover. Bill Sienkiewicz was doing a heck of a lot of Dazzler covers, and they're absolutely phenomenal. Bill Sienkiewicz just... Mwah, love the man so good at things and it's a great great cover that like captures both comic book and hollywood and movies and very good cover here, uh, can i can i compliment another artistic thing here yes i i actually think the artwork in this is pretty solid um i think frank springer does a great job and, and uh I, christy shealy's colors are that's what I want so to say. The, the colors in this are really beautiful. And there are a couple of one page splashes with some very interesting, like no panel layouts to them that are absolutely gorgeous. Um, it fits in sort of with the romance comics 
elements that are definitely being utilized here. Um, and we'll talk about why they fail, but I kind of like the artwork. Um, unfortunately, I think, this I think story Springer's is... got a really, really strong grasp on uh, anatomy in this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it works. The, the art works so well. And I'd love to see this in a story that wasn't trash. Oof. It is bad uh, because we get not one, not two, but at least three very, very questionable relationships type type weird stories with Dazzler throughout this book that are just yeah creepy. So the story revolves around three men. Well, really two men who are obsessed with Dazzler, but there's a third earlier to provide. Uh, a bit of a foil to these two, which is a weird choice. Very Jim. strange choice. Uh, the nice guy uh, choice. The carrot yeah, juice Yeah, he's an guy. incel. <laughs> the, the first guy is an incel who hits on Dazzler at her job as an aerobics instructor. And she uh, ends up getting a ride with him to uh, spite this other guy, Eric Beale, who is a super rich Hollywood money type who... Dazzler says, hey, I'm working. I don't want to be hit on by you right now. So he and she says it's against uh, company policy for me to fraternize with, uh, you know, people who come to the gym. It's just we, we keep those lines pretty strong. So he buys the gym uh, mm. to coerce her into talking to him, which is horrible and bad. And if this was a story about how men were trash garbage especially rich, powerful men, that would be a different thing. But Shooter seems to think of this as like just like a playful thing. It's bonkers because, like you said, if you're reading this and you, you don't know what's coming, you kind of get the idea that Dazzler is going to sort of like, because she's very strong in the beginning. Like she she's, you know, very confident in her answer. And, you know, you're like, oh, okay, so she doesn't like the rich like braggy guy and she's running into this sort of milk toast guy and she's going to go like use him as an excuse, but she likes him. So maybe that's where this story is going to go. That's not what this story is about. This story yeah, is that, about that incel disappears. <laughs> that, that guy never comes back. Instead we get uh Mr. Hoboken spelled backwards for the whole book. Yeah. We're talking about, we're talking about movie producer Roman uh, Nicobo. Oh my God. Uh, who is incredibly obsessed with his image to the fact or to the point that he, you know, completely unrecognizably presents himself every afternoon after he wakes up from his benders uh, to get dressed and appear to the public. He's faking how much money he has. He is he is an absolute artificial person and everything he does is artificial. Like that, the point of the story is that everything he does is artificial, except for the fact that he brings Dazzler into this world. Dazzler gets smitten by this world, and you think the story is going to be about oh, this is going to be a story about the evils of Hollywood and how easy it is to get you know brought into that world nope. and like the glitz and the glamour <laughs> and like why Hollywood is bad. And it's not no. about that. It's not. And like, even the way that Nabo I keep wanting to say Nabokov. Roman, call him Roman. Roman. His name's Roman. <laughs> even the way he's introduced with the toupee and the girdle and everything, he is being introduced as being this 
very unsavory character. He then he's, proceeds... He's coded as, like, deceptive and villainous exactly. and evil. And then he... Incredibly, like, thick. Shooter knows this. He then proceeds to stalk Dazzler for a chunk of the story. Yeah, and he also stalks her. She's running from him to the point where she laser beams his tires out. And yet, he's still supposed to be her romantic interest for the rest of the story. Shooter doesn't understand <laughs> the dominoes that he has set up. He is... This is not subtext that we're reading into this. It's like I've read one or two other stories in my life, so I know that, oh, you're coding this guy as also a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the story, the most the story says is Dazzler going, man, I started smoking. I probably shouldn't start smoking. <laughs> That's it. And he He's flirting with her and, you know, she becomes his partner and he's like, I'm going to make you a star. You know what? You being my romantic partner now, I'm going to put you in the movies. We're going to get you a great record deal in light of all of the Me Too stuff that really came out, uh, which was let's be clear, pretty well an open secret. Mm -hmm. Like everyone, everyone always had like just the pop culture understanding of the unsavoriness of Hollywood and especially Hollywood men using their positions of power to, you know, influence people sexually. Like that was a known thing. And it was known back then, too, like, as that was just like, well, that's Hollywood for you. So the fact that Shooter is pulling on those tropes and that understanding and then not even pushing back, but instead presenting it as the good guy. Yeah. I mean, he gets to the point where as part of the promotion, he has Dazzler stand in a string bikini in front of several 747 jets and reveal herself out herself as a mutant, which she is not like everybody, I guess knows that she is, there's sort of this confusion as to whether like these powers are part of a light setup that she uses during gigs or what, but he outs her as a mutant to the world drastically changing her life. And it's not necessarily her decision. You know, no, it, he's coercing her into this. Right. So we have he's, this abusive. He's doing behavior. it as a nice guy and being like, no, this will be great for your career. You got to do it. You got to do it, Dazzler. You got to do it. But he is in such a position of power over her that she cannot. The, the book doesn't even let her have a chance to have her own say in the matter of being outed as a mutant doing any of this stuff it's all because roman is saying that it's the best thing for her and i swear if the thing turned around it was a story about dazzler like being like no screw you i'm gonna make my own way it wouldn't be a good story but at least it would be internally consistent no and it's exactly because we get to the end and beale comes back uh as the villain um and There's this whole weird thing about him blackmailing Roman and how he owns Dazzler's movie now. Um, She destroys the movie, so there is no movie, um, which is weird because I distinctly remember there being a cut of the movie in Uncanny X-Men later in continuity. Yeah, 
It wasn't actually the last reel. She just thought it was. Right. Okay. Um, but the story ends with her still like very romantically kissing Roman and walking away and saying, Hey, I'm cool. I'm, I'm independent. I'm this, that, and the other thing. And like, that's not what happened in this story. Roman and Eric are the same character, right? Right. They're both like, abusive jerks who, you know, use their money and their power to deceive her. And she is like, cool, great, moving on. And I'm, why is Dazzler given no agency in this book that her name is on the title? Well, I'm going to give you a clue. And it's Jim Shooter who wrote yeah, this. Hey, y'all, he did a very bad job. Jim Shooter had a lot of books come out under his tenure as editor-in-chief that are incredible. The Miller Daredevil, the Simonson Thor, everything Claremont was doing. Like, all-timers. No one's going to disagree with that. Shooter also alienated literally everyone, and everyone hated him. Mm. Uh, And he wrote a lot of stuff that was uh, real questionable to bad. Um. Remember how he made Secret Wars 2 and it was Jim Shooter having a midlife crisis in his early 30s? Yes. Because Jim Shooter had been doing comics since he was like 12? Yes. Yeah. Shooter's fascinating. He's not good, but so many thoughts about It's just wild that, you know, with someone with so much um, published experience, that they would not be able to at least see what the characters that are so clearly in, uh, illustrated here in such broad strokes. It's not like these are subtle characters by any stretch of the imagination. And yet he, he just has no clue whatsoever what he's doing. Uh, in, it's October, how... 1984. Who can argue with the editor in chief of Marvel in October, 1984 secret wars is a massive hit. Mm-hmm. This is life death era. This is Alpha Flight is a big thing. West Coast Avengers is really, really hitting. New Mutants is hitting Demon Bear. Mm -hmm. Like, this is some of the peakest peak time for Marvel. Like, Simonson's Thor is in stream. Like, this is... He's at the top of his game. How do you fight with him? I know. And that's what happens here. No one's fighting with him. Yeah. Well, nobody no one's can. Saying, nobody Jim, can. This sucks. Nobody can, and uh, unfortunately, that you know amount of unchecked uh, power is not backed up by the talent that something like this might need, even just to put a cohesive story together. So, aside from the art, I think this is pretty bad. Um, yeah, you know, I. I, it's shockingly bad. I don't know how we're not talking about how bad this comic is. Like, I, I think all the we're. Time. I think we're being pretty clear about this. I was always under the impression that that Dazzler the movie was the graphic novel that started the series, and I was surprised, having gone back to it, that I think thirty four issues of Dazzler's solo series came out uh, before the graphic novel. So this doesn't really even inform. The continuity of the book all that much either no so it's just bad yeah it is it it does not uh stand alone some of the other uh greats of marvel graphic novels but um let's let's rank this thing 
I mean, we have to. <laughs> All right. So we know it's worse than Dazzler 38 at 358. Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's, we're, we, this is in under 400. It's worse than Quest Probe. Oh, absolutely. How do you feel about it? Um, where is, where is, ah, 446, Prisoner of Love. Better or worse than Prisoner of Love. This tells a more coherent story than Prisoner of Love. And mm-hmm. the art is better. Mm-hmm. The The story that it's trying to tell is worse, but it's succeeding at telling that bad story. Okay. Where Prisoner of Love is pretty much nonsense from start to finish. Okay. How do you feel about it against one of the other later Marvel graphic novels, the X-Men animation special, which also does happen to have Dazzler in it? It does happen to have Dazzler in it, and that's at 442. <laughs> in the right spot Mm. i mean the animation special is just it's a it's a bad product yes there's nothing like it's also angry about it it's harmless it's exactly what it it's exactly what you think it is if you said hey they took a bunch of screenshots from a television and put word balloons on them and called that the animation special um, is that a comic you would like to read? And the answer is no. But it's like, no, I can just, I just never have to touch this. That's fine. I'll watch the television show. Um, All right. So lower than that, I, the in, in between here, we have a couple of things. We have the X-Force Shatterstar mini. We have uh, X-Factor 39 to 40 multiple birth and Uncanny X-Men 508 to 511 sisterhood. I don't know that this is as bad is that X Factor and that Uncanny X Men run? It's it's not as good as X Force Shatterstar, so put it in a new four forty four. There we go. All right, uh, Jim Shooter. X Force Shatterstar is not good, but it does have that part where all of them are riding Lockheeds. <laughs> so we'll give it we'll give it a little uh, little point there. Yeah, Jim Shooter. That's you, what it needs. You did a bad there, buddy. Shooter, come on, buddy. Don't stop 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 being so bad. Hey, instead. <laughs> let's just talk about some weird, weird ass Marvel comics right now. Yeah, let's talk about that? let's talk about that time that Dazzler became a herald of Galactus for a couple minutes. It was just a temporary herald ship so that she could rescue a different herald from a black hole. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dazzler gets recruited by product or Project Pegasus. Uh, That's right. With quasars there quasars uh, wendell vaughn quasars just chilling. this is dazzler 9 through 11 by by the way danny fingeroth uh tom defalco uh had the pitch for it essentially and frank uh springer and vinnie coletta are, are artists again uh though not as good uh, uh don warfield uh does the uh, colors on this one and well actually uh christy uh Cicilli, uh does the first issue and 10 and 11 are by don uh either way not as pretty as uh, Dazzler the movie. But I, I think we're dealing with different... Uh, I, I've always found that the color treatments on the graphic novels maybe are a little bit more involved, so maybe... They had they had better printing stock that they could use. Yeah. They were they had a lot more options because of how they were created. And today, comics don't have that same uh, hold-up, but they were still using, like, block color right. in 81. Yeah. So, talk about Dazzler not having agency. She just basically lets herself get abducted by project pegasus yeah they just uh show up 
they just show up and say, please get in the car, Miss, Miss, uh, Miss Dazzler. Uh, and she does. And then she's like, why are you kidnapping me? And they said, we've not forced you to do anything. You've just come into this flying car <laughs> with us and gone to our secret mountain base all on your own accord. Also, we will tell everyone you're a mutant if you do not cooperate with us. Right. Yeah. Which is not good. No. Um, she she goes to Project Pegasus where they have a lot of super villains uh, like Solar and the original uh I guess Claw is there. Yes, Claw, with a K. Uh, Claw, Claw, played by Andy Serkis in the in the Black Panther <laughs> movie. Should have given them the helmet, which is weird. Like the little he- headpiece there. I like a lot about Black Panther. I understand that they just made Claw more or less a generic arms trafficker, uh, and they did give him a gun in his arm at one point. But I kind of want to see Claw looking Claw, like Claw Claw. Uh, that. W- who knows? I, w- I want the real claw in it for once, but it's fine. I'm pretty sure they're he... they're putting Baron Zemo in his costume for the. Uh... Oh no! Baron Zemo gets his little purple right? uh, baklava. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's it's they're, they're doing that. Uh, <laughs> so maybe there's but hope. No. So Dazzler Claw tries to manipulate Dazzler into making her think that Project Pegasus aren't the good guys, right? Which I guess they are, and that's fine. Uh, but anyway, she accidentally lets Claw out and then finds out, oops, she absorbs sound and Claw's made a sound. He hecked up and she absorbs all of Claw, which superpowers her to the point where a drone that works for Galactus is like, hey, boss, boss, <laughs> I think I got something for you here. We need and- we need a fishing lure that can go inside a black hole and it has to be light powered because black holes absorb light. And we need right. to get our buddy Tarex back because he formed his own planet and that's not cool. Uh, so Tarek's, we got to get Tarek's him. Tarex the Tamer <laughs> did decide to become the god king of a planet. Right. And Galactus, Galactus is a rational being. Galactus has rules that he follows. And he's like, yes, I'm going to eat planets. And yes, I'm real pissed off that I can't eat Earth. <laughs> but... But Terex, we don't just we don't just make people slaves. We eat them and destroy their planets, but only because I'm hungry and I'm a universal constant. If I don't eat, then the whole thing's gonna go, you know, all the way up in smoke. So yeah, you can't do that. And Terex ran away to a black hole. And Dazzler <laughs> has to go get him. Right. Galactus wants nothing to do with Dazzler, no. which I think is very funny. <laughs> It's not this big process, you know, it, it's basically she absorbed claw. So she has like powers now on top of that. She has superpowers, right. super superpowers. So on top of that, uh, Galactus gives her cosmic powers and then they attach her to the a power cosmic. Th- are, you, are you talking about the power cosmic? The power that lets cosmic. You do whatever? And then they attach her to a rope and throw her into a black hole. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> when they get into the black hole. I think Springer and Coletta are doing some interesting things. Not succeeding, but I can see the ambition, and I can see that they're trying to make it like a weird other place, but they're not, say, a Steve Ditko or a Jack Kirby. They aren't They aren't pulling that off, uh, and that's, a, that's unfortunate uh, because there could be a cool thing. There's a big fight in the black hole between Terex the Tamer and the Disco Dazzler, and eventually things just work out. 
Yeah, and that's... Galactus is like, hey, thanks for the favor. <laughs> yeah, and uh, while all this is going on, um, we keep getting flashes to Earth where everybody in Dazzler's extended cast is just, they're just worried sick. Where did Dazzler go? So we have her band. To be fair, she's in a bad spot right now. She's in a black hole (laughs) coerced by Galactus. Right, but nobody knows that. And um, so I actually thought this was kind of a funny gag because throughout the the issues 10 and 11, we, we flash to Dazzler's band, which is Hunch, Marks, and Beefer. Uh, who are just trying to lay down some tracks, man. And it's not the same without Allison Blair. I love Beefer. We have her father, the the evil judge um, who has disowned his daughter, but really does seem to want to check up on her because, you know, that's his duty as a a disowned dad, I guess. Um, And who else? I guess it's his uh, her her love interest. Her grandma. Her grandma. Her love interest. They so when she gets back, her manager. They all end up at Allison's apartment, and she's just like passed out on the couch. Her dad is like, "Oh my god, these hippies have really done terrible things to my daughter. I'm disowning her again." And the only one that sticks around is her boyfriend. It's great. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of dumb i've got no interest in the personal life of anybody in dazzler supporting cast except for her drummer beefer who i want to know everything about (laughs) beefer seems like he's got some stories bud he's a he's a husky curly redhead like i feel like i feel like forsyth wellington beefer uh, is that his full name? Which is his real name. His full name is Forsyth Wellington. Wellington which may be... That may be a Archie reference. That's really funny. Because what, what, what's Jughead's name? Uh, Fors- Forsyth Pendleton III or whatever? Right. Yeah, Forsyth Pendleton Jughead Jones Third. Yeah, Forsyth we- Wellington is very much a jug. Okay, I like Beefer even more now. All right, so... I, we got to slow down here. I feel like we're making this sound way more fun than it actually is to read because the way we just described it sounds great and fun, which if you kind of take away all of the like completely unnecessary and on like never ending narration blocks and recap pages of the, the first like 12 issues of the book or whatever, I guess there's fun to be had here, but it gets really, really dragged down by all of that. That's the thing. This is Galactus having Dazzler be his temporary herald, and that should rule. Right. That should absolutely slap. Because you know what? Squirrel Girl decided, hey, we're going to bring in Galactus real early to establish this new character as a big deal. And it ruled, and it was great. And Galactus talked about Thanos, and he said, ha ha, what a tool. (laughs) And it's the best. And this is essentially Dazzler's chance to do that. And it's nowhere near as good, and that's disappointing. But it's so fun to talk about, because the idea of Dazzler, Herald of Galactus, is the second best Herald I think it's really funny. And I I mentioned this earlier, but I have to bring it up again. The fact that she brings her Dazzler purse into the black hole and wears it the entire time she battles Terax is hilarious. (laughs) It's 
Very good. It's not intentionally She's got everything mirror ball. Oh, it's ridiculous. All right, so... It's because Dazzler's costume's bad. The or- People are going to say that the original Dazzler costume is good, and y'all... I don't hate it. It's campy. I don't hate it's, it. I think it fits into the would, theme of, of a stage performer. You know what I mean? But it is I, ridiculous I think it's, to a certain extent to wear it I into battle. I think you're right, except for the fact that this is... Like, it's if somebody... I don't know what the kids do today. Is it still dabbing? No, I don't think anybody's dabbing. <laughs> and I think bottle are they, flipping Are they is, planking? No, no, that's really old. It's like if there was a TikTok-powered person. Oh, yeah. Okay. There we go. That's it's like if there was someone powered by TikTok dances, and then we had to review that comic 20 years from now. <laughs> 30 years from now. Yeah, but as you noted, I'm not... 40! Adam, 40 years from now! Stop it. I've just... Understood. Stop it. No, 1981 was 40 years ago. I know. I know. Here I am. <laughs> uh... <laughs> But as you noted, like, oh it doesn't gosh. necessarily feel of a time either, like, to a certain extent. It feels like an 80s Marvel comic, for sure, but... It does. It feels like an 80s Marvel comic with a weird disco lady in it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think it's more enjoyable uh, than the movie, for sure. Do, how do you think it stacks oh, yeah. up against versus the X-Men? I, th- I think the concept here alone might uh, give it a, a little bit of a bump. I mean, a little bit because, okay, at 347, we have another dated and kind of dumb, but I love it story. Mm. And that's X-Force annual number two, the first appearance of Adam X, the X-Treme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, A man who is finally getting his origin revealed in a comic that I am morally opposed to, which is the biggest disappointment of 2021 for me. So far. So far. Well, so far. There have been other Well, okay. No, I say that. I say that. There was a small insurrection. <laughs> oh, God. Um, all right. So how, that's at 347. That's at 347. Um, is, I, it, I think is it we're, better than The Haunting of Castle Doom? I was going to say, we're like in that same realm. And I think that this is maybe edging that out a little bit. So that leaves uh, the end of New Mutants at 348. And... I think the end of New Mutants is better just because I do too. Say what you will about it. It's dated, but it's dynamically dated. Like there's a reason why, like there's a, there's a crackling energy there that I can't put my finger on, but I like, I am compelled by that story. Yes. Even if it's not good. It's stupid and we still like it. Um, I actually also think the X-Man tie into Operation Zero Tolerance is better, where he has to save Joey and Galen. All right, perfect. That would make it our new 350. This will be our new 350. Uh, Dazzler, Herald of Galactus. You know, I I think uh, I might have been going into this episode with a little bit of dread, and I'm leaving it just elated having talked about these silly stories. Hey, Dazzler's good, and we should all appreciate Dazzler more. And I'm very happy that we get to do double Dazzler. Yes. Uh, and I'm very happy uh, because Joshua Wheel uh, went on over to patreon.com slash comicsxf and threw uh, money our way so that we could talk about her. Uh, thank you so much. If you want to be like Joshua, go on over there. We have a lot of really cool stuff that happens on Xavier Files. Uh, nope. Again, not the name of the website. It's comicsxf. 
I got like a six-year-old habit to break. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm shaking my and head And girls and everyone. You're wearing it's... your website's t-shirt, Zach. You got to get it. I am. I just got this shirt, so I was trying it on. But yes, I am wearing a shirt that says Comics XF, and yet I can't remember the name of the website. Uh, it's great. Uh, we got some awesome pieces up on Comics XF. If you support it, uh, 100% of the money goes to uh, the people who run the site. And by people who run the site, I mean explicitly not me and everyone else. Uh, and we actually just got to uh, do our first payout uh, for the start of the month this month. And that was so cool that really you cool. can support uh, the comics journalism that matters to you. And that is neat and that I like and that I'm sure you'll like as well. So very excited about that. Uh, there's rewards and stuff. You can go check it out there or just listen to any other episode. Uh, Adam. Hey, how we doing? What's up? Uh, where can people, where can people find your, your, your cool art jams? <laughs> Guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. Um, and if you're on Instagram, you can go to Instagram slash Adam dot Uh, and next week, more Dazzler fun. Yeah, we've got, we're, we went from the eighties to now we're going to do some modern. Ooh. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This, uh, this podcast is uh, playing all the hits from the 80s, 90s, and now, <laughs> which now is encompassing 20 years at this point, which is all of the 80s and the 90s, plus twice as much of that. Do places still say 80s, 90s, and now? Because I know they did that for a very long time, but I don't listen to terrestrial radio anymore. <laughs> I listen to podcasts. Maybe on the Flashback Cafe. You know, I don't think they say it all the time. <laughs> Oh boy! Well, we'll have to we'll have to figure out who could know because I'm not going to turn on the radio <laughs> to find out. Uh, but next week will be fun. We're doing Double Dazzler. So until then, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Please.